to Dragonfly Tales, a story podcast with me, Leo, and Emily. Hello! And each episode, we will tell you a story from around the world and share some fun and silly things with you. So, Leo, how are you? Oh, I'm good. We've all had grotty, snotty colds, haven't we? Yeah, there was snot everywhere, wasn't there? <laughs> yeah. And we were fighting over the duvet. Yeah, we all wanted to be under the duvet and we watched some funny films and we drank lots of orange juice. But now we're feeling better and looking forward to Easter! Hooray! Hooray! So we're definitely up for some story medicine this week. And we have a new guest teller. Oh my goodness, who is it? We have Camden, who is 11, from Denver, Colorado, with a wonderful telling of a classic story. Ooh! Would you like to hear it, Emily? I cannot wait. So here is Camden with Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Hello, I'm Camden and today I will be telling a folktale called Goldilocks and the Three Bears. And this is my take on it. So let's begin. Once there was a girl named Goldilocks. She was the perfect type of kid. Beautiful hair, a great student, and was always kind. But she had an addiction to going the short way. So one day, she got up and got ready. It was a weekend. So her mom said, hey Goldilocks, can you deliver these muffins to grandma? It's only like a mile away. So Goldilocks of course said yes. The mom said, don't take the shortcut, there's bears in there. As always, Goldilocks didn't listen to her mom, because she always went this way. But today just wasn't her day. So she was walking over, and she was wondering which way to go. But she, of course, took the shortcut. On the shortcut, she walked in and walked through the woods. (gasps) But there was a cottage. She'd never seen this before. She knocked. There was no answer. But she just went in, and there was just bowls of porridge sitting on this table. So she ate this porridge, but it was way too hot. Yikes, so hot. So she went over to the medium-sized bowl, and she ate it. But it was way too cold. That was disgusting. Ew. But then she went to the smallest bowl. It looked just like her size. And she ate it. It was perfect temperature. So she ate it all up. Then she wanted to go explore other parts of the house. She went into the living room. Oh, there were some chairs. So she sat in this really big one. Oh, that was a rock hard. Nobody would want to sit in that. So she got up and sat in the mediums size chair and she was like oh this is too soft so she went to the small chair and she sat in it Hmm, it's perfect not too hard not too soft so she got a little tired after sitting in there and after she got up from the chair the chair shattered poor people that were living in that house anyways she went over to the bedrooms. She went into the really big bedroom. Oh wow, this bed was rock solid. Nobody would want to sit in this. 
Mike, oh, like the chair, like who would want to sit in that chair? Anyways, she went over to a different room. It's about medium size, like the typical bedroom. And she laid in that. It was pretty comfortable, but still pretty soft. She got up and wandered somewhere else. Got up into a different bed. <gasps> this was just right, not too hard, not too soft. She's like, it's so comfy. She just went asleep. But then, these three bears were out riding their bikes and waiting for their porch to cool. But they came back. Hey, this looks like my porch is dug into. And so did the mom said that as well. But then there was this small porridge and the little bear said, hey, my porridge is all gone. Where did it go? He was really sad because if you don't have breakfast and someone stole it that you don't know, you'd be sad. Then they went to the rooms and they're like, my seat feels warm, said the dad. And then the mom said, my seat feels satin. And then the little bear said, my, my chair is broken. Oh, poor bear. But then they walked to the beds. My bed's unmade, said the dad. My bed's unmade, said the mom. And then the little bear said, My bed, there's a person sleeping in it. Goldilocks woke up and Goldilocks was frightened. She jumped out of the window and was never seen again. Thanks for listening to my story, Goldilocks and the Three Bears. I hope you enjoyed. So did you like Camden's story, Leo? Yeah, I thought it was brilliant. What was your favourite bit? Well, I liked all the voices that Camden did of the bears and Goldilocks. Yeah, I really liked the reactions as well, like, yikes! Oh no! Yeah, really great telling. Yeah. And we would love to hear more stories from our lovely listeners, so please get in touch with us if you want to have a go, and we can give you some top tips. So, I think it's time for some shout-outs! Oh, yes! And because last week was World Book Week, we would like to shout out to our new listeners from the amazing schools visited. Yeah, well, firstly, here's a shout out to Grassmere School and all of our new listeners to the podcast. Hi, Grassmere School. Hi, Grassmere. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Next, here's a shout out to Churchfield's Primary in South London. Oh, hi, Churchfield. Hi, Churchfield. Thanks for, for listening. Who have we got next, Leo? Well, here's a shout out to Hampstead School. And all of our new listeners. Hi, Hampstead. Hi, Hampstead. Thanks for listening. And finally, here's a shout out to all our new listeners at Hope View School in Kent. Hi, Hope View. Hi, Hope View. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. Oh, amazing. And welcome, welcome all our new listeners. And thanks to all of our super fans too. And if you would like a shout out, you can either let us know in the Dragonfly Tales Facebook group or you can email us, emilydragonflytales at gmail.com. And I'll put all of this in the episode notes. So, Emily, what's your story? Well, I thought it was time to revisit one of our favourite tricksters. Oh, I think I know this one. Anansi! Oh, yes. Anansi the Spider-Man. 
We heard a story about him and Turtle back in our first ever season. That's right. Season one, episode eight. Great episode. And this is one of my favourite Anansi stories because it's about, well, stories and where they came from. So where did they come from? Well, in this story, they are kept by Anansi's father, the sky god Nyami. So how do you think we should start our story? Well, I think we should start in the beginning. All stories of the world belong to the sky god Nyami. Excellent. In the beginning, all the stories of the world belonged to the sky god Nyami. His right eye was the sun and his left eye was the moon. And he lived way, way up in a kingdom beyond the clouds. Niami kept all the stories locked in a beautifully carved wooden box. So how did people know the beginnings of things? Well, they didn't. And the endings? Nope. Adventures? Strange magical lands? No, no stories. Kueku Anansi, Anansi the Spider-Man, looked around and saw how bored people were. Sitting around the fire, bored. Doing the housework, bored. Working outdoors, bored. Even the children playing games quickly became... Bored. Bored. Anansi wanted the stories from Niami, so he decided to visit his father, the sky god, in his kingdom above the clouds. He spun a web up to the sky and climbed. Do you want to do this with me, Leah? We're going to go zoom, 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 zoom. Anansi stood in front of the sky god and asked him, Well, go on. Whoa, me? Okay. Oh, great Nyami, I have come to ask you for all the stories in the world. The sky god laughed. Anansi. My stories are not just for anyone. Many rich kings have tried to buy the stories. I refused to sell them, for they were unable to pay the price. But Anansi would not leave. Do you hear that? I'm not leaving. Careful, Anansi. Forgive me, Nyami, but I am clever and cunning. And a little boastful? I prefer confident. Please, O great sky god, I can do it. What is the price? The sky god looked at Anansi for a long time. Very well, Anansi, here is the price. I want these three things in exchange for all the stories of the world. Firstly, Mboro, the stinging hornets. Secondly, Onini, the hungry python. And thirdly, Osebo, the clawing leopard. Bring me these three creatures alive, and the stories of the world will be yours. No problem. I'll bring them to you in three days. Good luck, Anansi. And Anansi slid all the way back down to the earth and began to think of a plan. You see, although he was small, he was clever and sly. Which creature should he try to catch first? Hmm, I think let's get the hornets out of the way. I'm really not keen on them. All right. So Anansi had to wait two or three days to catch the hornets. What was he waiting for? He was waiting for the rains to come. Oh, yeah. Come on, rain. 
And when he heard the first drops on his roof, in fact, you try, can you tap your fingers on your palm? Sounds like raindrop. Yes. When he heard the first drops on the roof, he went out into his garden and he picked up a gourd. What's a gourd? A gourd is a large fruit with a hard shell that grows on a vine. You can dry them out and make bowls and containers from them. He made a hole in the top of the gourd and then headed to the luscious moringa trees in search of a fat hornet's nest. Now, by the time he found the nest of the Umboro hornets, the rain was pouring down from the sky in torrents and the hornets were flying around the nest in a panic, buzzing this way and that, whining and moaning. Can we try that a little bit? It's wet. I don't like it. Oh, the rain. Hey! Hey, hornets! It's pouring with rain. Your home will soon be destroyed. Oh, no! What do we do? Where do we go? Oh, I have a fine new home for you. It's big and dry inside here. Come on in where you'll be safe. Gratefully, the hornets swarmed into Anansi's gourd. Oh, thank you, thank you. And when all the hornets were buzzing around inside the gourd, Anansi spun. And he spun. Can you do it with me? Spin, spin, spin. Spin, spin, spin. He spun a big ball of his web and he shoved it into the hold, trapping the hornets inside. Ha! The hornets were furious. Let us go! Let us go! Let us go! Oh, no, no, no. Well, at least you're all dry now. I'm taking you to Nyami, you foolish hornets. And then he spun up to the sky, carrying the gourd with him. Are you ready to zoom up? Here we go. Zoom, 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 zoom. May I present the Umboro Hornets? Nyami was impressed. Well done, my son. But there are still two more creatures to catch. I know. You better keep your word, mighty father. And he slid all the way back down to earth. The next day, he headed to where he knew Onini would be, the python. She would be deep in the cool green jungle. Anansi cut a long stick of bamboo with his machete. Will you do it with me? We're going to thwack, 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 crack. He put the stick over his shoulder, walked under the shade of the trees and muttered and argued with himself loudly. But it's not possible. Oniami's really got it wrong this time. I mean, how can he say that about mighty Onini? The massive serpent heard her name and dropped her head down from a tree. Anansi, what are you arguing about? She hissed and swayed her head. Oh, it's nothing really. It's just that Nyami, our great sky father, bets that you're nowhere near as long as this stick of bamboo. 
I said you were definitely as long as my stick. Probably longer. But you know what Nyami's like. He just won't listen and is convinced he would win the bet. Now Onini was a proud snake, proud of her long, thick body and her strong muscles. Well, Anansi, what's the point in arguing when we can prove him wrong? Oh yeah, I hadn't thought of that, lied Anansi. Let's just measure you. The great snake slithered down from the tree as Anansi put the stick on the ground. Then Onini stretched out next to the stick. Hmm. What is it, Anansi? Not quite long enough. Your beautiful body curves, you see. I know. If you stretch out, I can tie you to the stick with this vine. Yes, Anansi, you can tie my head and my tail, and then you will see how long I am. Anansi tied Onini's head to the end of the stick. She stretched out, and he tied her tail to the other end. Oh yes, you're definitely as long as the stick, Onini. You see, now you can release me. But Anansi had started spinning. He spun and he spun his web round the mighty python so that she was trapped to the stick. Shall we spin? Spin, 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 spin. Oh, Nini, oh, Nini, there was never a bet. I just needed to catch you without you eating me. I'm taking you to Nyami, you foolish snake. The snake thrashed and bashed. Release me, release me. But it was no good. Anansi spun a web up and dragged Onini the python up to Nyami. Let's go. Zoom, 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 zoom. Nyami was impressed. You clever little Spider-Man. But you have one more to catch. And this one will defeat you. Never, said Anansi. And he slid all the way down to the earth. The next afternoon, Anansi headed out to the blistering, rippling heat of the plains. And there he began to dig a hole in the dry earth. Would you like to help me? Let's go. Dig, 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 dig dig a hole, nice and big. Dig, 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 dig a hole, nice and big. Well done. Then he covered it over with leaves and branches and went home to eat some yams. Yams. I love yams. When he returned, he could hear a roaring coming from the bottom of the pit. Nancy peered over the sides and there at the bottom of the pit was Osebo. And he was furious, lashing his tail, spitting and hissing and yowling and trying in vain to clamber up the steep sides. 
Oh dear, a sable, you seem to have got yourself into a bit of a hole. Meow. Well, good luck to you. Bye. Nancy, wait, help me. Oh no way! If I let you out of that hole, you'll gobble me up. I, I won't. I won't. I, I swear. Please, little spider, let me out. Well, all right, if you swear. And Nancy lowered a rope down to the leopard, who grasped it with his paws and hung on as the spider heaved him up. Are you ready? Heave, heave, heave. That's it. Keep going. Heave, heave, heave. One more. Heave. And Nancy heaved or sebo out of the hole. Thank you, spider. All this excitement has made me rather hungry. Osebo's eyes flashed and went to pounce on Anansi, but he couldn't let go of the rope. It was stuck to his paws. <laughs> this is no rope. This is sticky, sticky web. But Anansi had begun spinning more web around Osebo's back legs. And as the leopard tried to reach around and bite him, Anansi jumped out of the way and then bound his jaws with sticky, sticky web. Shall we spin? Spin, spin, spin. Spin, spin, spin. Spin, spin, spin. Let me go! Let me go! Oh, no, 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 Osebo. I'm taking you. Tinyami, you foolish leopard. And then he spun up to the sky, dragging a sabo behind him. Let's go. Zoom, 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 zoom. When the sky god saw the leopard, he was quite cross. He was sure the leopard would have proved impossible to catch. Well, Nyami. The box, if you please. No, the box is mine. But we had a deal. That's not fair. I paid the price for that box. Very well, very well. One more challenge. Oh, you gotta be kidding me! If you can capture this last treasure, I swear the box will be yours. Pinky promise. Pinky promise. What do I have to capture? You must bring me. Mortia. Dun dun dun. Mortia. Mortia was an invisible fairy who dwelled in the forests. She was tricksy, sly, dangerous. Plus, she was invisible, so impossible to catch. Well, I'm going to need to talk to my wife about this one. And Nancy's wife Asso was clever too, and very good at making things. So she carved Nancy a wooden doll. And covered it with a thick layer of sticky sap from a gum tree. Take this," said Asso, "and put it in the clearing near to where Moatia is known to walk, and then hide in the bushes and wait." So Anansi did just that. He was very nervous, for he knew Moatia could kill with the slightest touch of her finger. But soon enough, he heard a noise. Hello. Oh,、uh, what? What's your name? Why? Why won't you answer me? What's your name? I said. You there? Oh, you're being very rude. I, I'm warning you. What's your name? 
She thinks the doll is real. R- right, that's it. If you don't tell me your name, I'm going to give you a slap. Right then. Mwah! Then the gum doll's head moved. She's touched it. <laughs> the doll's head shook hard. It jerked this way and that way. Oh, oh, I'm stuck. Get off me. Oh, I'll kick you, I will. Right. Mwah! Oh, no, my foot's stuck. <laughs> Now's my chance. Anansi shot his web out and wrapped the doll and the screaming invisible fairy in a cocoon of spider silk. Shall we spin, everyone? Spin, spin, spin. Spin, spin, spin. Spin, spin, spin. And then he spun all the way up to the sky god and laid the invisible fairy before him. Let's zoom. Zoom, 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 zoom. That's four, Nyami. I've more than paid the price for that box. You clever little Spider-Man. You have caught all of the things I have asked of you. Now will you give me the stories? I will. You have proved yourself worthy. Nyami presented Anansi with a beautifully carved wooden box full of all the stories in the world. He clasped it gently, and then he slid all the way down to the earth. Anansi took the box home and cautiously sat with his wife. They listened at the lid and heard all the stories whispering. They carefully lifted the lid and peeked inside. The stories quivered and shimmered with such beauty that Anansi knew at once he could not keep them for himself. So he gathered all the animals and the people together, and then he threw open the box and let all the stories fly out. There were funny stories, bizarre stories, sad stories, touching stories, true stories, scary stories, and love stories. Words poured out and fluttered through the air, and all those around the fire reached up and caught some and shared the stories with each other. And the stories fluttered on all over the world, and people caught them and passed them on, sharing them with family and with friends. And soon... The world was alive with stories, filled with stories. Including this story. And all because of one brave and tricky little spider. Anansi. Anansi, Anansi. Anansi, Anansi. Ashanti, Ashanti, Ashanti. What goes around comes around. 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 Anansi, 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 Anansi. Don't you know? Don't you know? That you reap what you sow. That you reap what you sow. Be kind and true. Be kind and true. Is my message to you. Is my message to you. Anansi, Anansi, Ashanti, 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 Ashanti. Zoom, 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 zoom. The end.
So, Leo, did you like that story? Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. What was your favourite bit? I liked how cunning Nancy was and how he tricked all the creatures. As I've said before, I really like those origin stories. I know, they're brilliant. And without him, we wouldn't have stories. Yeah. Or so the story goes. So that's it for this episode. Thanks to the fantastic Camden for a brilliant story and we'll have another guest teller coming soon. And if you are enjoying our podcast, please, please leave us a review and if you can, make a little donation on the website to keep us going. And thank Thank you so much. You have been listening to Dragonfly Tales with Emily and Leo. We hope you enjoyed our podcast and we'll be back with another story soon. But until then, may stories flutter around your head to excite you and soothe you and help you to bed. Bye! Our podcast is brought to you by Emily, Leo and Andy at Dragonfly Tales. Search Dragonfly Tales on Facebook, follow us on Instagram at ndragonflytales and on Twitter at Emily Dragonfly. I present the Mboro Hala 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 Hala.